Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud, a storytelling podcast with your host, Diana Catherine Plopa. Come gather round, grab a snack, and listen to a story. Each week, we'll feature a new indie author with a story to tell. There are no long-winded interviews, no sales pitches, just stories. Most of the stories we'll tell will be family-friendly, but if they're not, you'll get fair warning before the reading begins. If you want to hear more, investigate the story notes for links to the author and where to buy their books. You can find us at dkpwriter.com. And now, sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Welcome, everybody. We are here for a special edition of the Indie Reads Aloud podcast. Why is it special? I'll tell you. Our great, wonderful friend Mark Love is launching his new book today called Chasing Favors. It is another in the astounding Jamie Richmond mystery series, and we are going to have a blast tonight. If you'd like to learn more about Mark's books and find links to purchase them and all that fun stuff, jump over to authormarklove.weebly.com and you can find all the intriguing things like his blog and his other books and all that fun stuff. So check out his website. Mark, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Diana. I am so delighted to be here. I've been looking forward to this for weeks and weeks and weeks. I have too. It's almost (laughs) so much fun to have you on the program. And I love it when authors share their new children with us. It's so much fun. Um, Book babies, right. So for anybody who is new to the program, I'm going to let you know that tonight is a listener advisory evening. Just to be on the safe side, if you have little ears listening in, you might want to preview this recording before you share it with little people. If you're joining us live, you might want to keep that listener advisory in consideration as well. Who knows? You might have a sensitive cat. So be careful. All right. Again, welcome, Mark. We're going to have a great time tonight. Thank Um, you, Diane. So let me tell everybody a little bit about Mark's background. Um, Mark lived for many years in the metropolitan Detroit area where crime and corruption are always prevalent. Anybody who's been to Detroit, you know this. As a former freelance reporter, Mark honed his writing skills covering features and hard news. He is the author of the aforementioned Jamie Richmond Romance Mysteries, which is what we're going to share a little bit of tonight. He has also written the books in that series called Devious, Vanishing Act, and Fleeing Beauty. And there's a novella, Stealing Haven, which you will all hear more about in a little bit. Um, He's also written the short story, Don't Mess with the Gods, um, with whom he partnered um, writing that story uh, with Al Nina Castle. And it was included in the Magic and Mischief Anthology. Mark also wrote the Jefferson Shane mystery series, including Y319 and Wayward Path and... Your Turn to Die. Thank you. Your Turn to Die. (laughs) 
see, there's so many books, I can't keep track of them all. Way too many. Um, when he's not writing, he enjoys reading, music, books, travel, cooking, the great outdoors, doing book festivals, harassing his very good friends with teasers of new stories in the works, and um, basically enjoying life in Western Michigan. That's Mark. That's his, well, that's Mark's background. You're about to introduce yourself, right, Mark? You're going to show us your nature. Uh, you know, a little bit. And, and I also am currently still teaching over at the Loaf College. I've been teaching almost 10 years now. And that's a long it's time. It's a lot of fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. But there are some moments when I sit back and what, what were you thinking? But <laughs> overall, it's good. Well, that's good. You haven't completely given up on enhancing the world with teaching the written word, so that's a good thing. Um, so tonight, one of the things that we are doing with our magical spinny wheel of happiness, for those of you who don't know, we like playing games on our program and we like giving away free stuff. We're going to be spinning the wheel three times tonight for three very special things. The first thing, though, that we're, I, I need from all of you, get your chat little guy ready. If you don't use chat normally, it's look at the bottom of your screen and push the button that says chat, and that will bring up a new window next to the Muppet window. Um, so what we're doing tonight is there is a character that Mark's going to tell you about who needs a name. So Mark, give us a little bit about a character sketch about Mr. Malone so okay. that we can then play our silly game. Well, Malone is a sergeant with the Michigan State Police and he has been involved in a romantic relationship with Jamie through all of the books except the novella because that was sort of like a prequel before he got into this mystery. And Malone only uses his last name. And in the first three books, that was driving Jamie a little bit crazy. Yeah, because Jamie doesn't up. even know. Jamie's in this relationship and Jamie doesn't even know. Doesn't know. He says uh, he just goes by Malone. That's his name. And she's always been a little curious. And at one point in time, she said, if I guess the right name, will you tell me? Will you admit it? He goes, yeah. So for a while, every time she would see him, every day she would give him a different name, a different first name. Never any success. And so one of the things Diana and I were talking about was, I need some fresh ideas on names that Jamie could refer to Malone. And maybe, just maybe, one of these could be his real name. So the idea is you go into the chat box and you type in whatever you think would be an interesting or maybe a little bizarre, a little unusual. Somebody wrote Carl Muller. <laughs> I don't think that's the same guy. Um, <laughs> but you enter in, you know, a couple different ones or as many as you can think of, and um, we'll kind of go from there. And then at the end of at, what? Yep, at, the at the very end of the evening, the last thing we're going to do tonight before we sign off is um, as you listen to the readings, you can go into the chat and put in a first name. 
at the end of the night, I'm going to spin the wheel of happiness. We're going to put all these names on the spinning wheel of happiness. And the one that is selected will win. Mark, tell them what they're going to win. That person will win an ebook copy of Fleeing Beauty. I love that book. Which is the third book in the series that Diana has read. And uh, I think that really hooked her into the interest of all of my craziness because of the characters there. Yeah, I I was a nut and I didn't pay attention to the blurb on the back of the book or the blurb on the front of the book. And um, I didn't realize that Mark was writing a series. So, of course, me, um, I see the cover and I go, wow, that's a really amazing redhead and this cover looks so intriguing and i have to check this out so i started reading book three before i read the others so this is one of the things i love about mark's work is that even though these books are part of a series you can read them out of order and still enjoy them just as much so for anybody who hasn't yet read mark's work i encourage you to pick up one of the books or maybe if you read one uh, if you win one tonight you won't have to worry about buying the whole series immediately because I promise you, A, once you get hooked, you're going to be hooked forever. And B, you don't have to worry about the reading them out of series order. So that's going to be fun. So um, throughout the night, you feel free to um, add as many uh, names from alone as you come up with. Put them in the chat. I'll add them to the spinning wheel and we'll do our game at the end of the night in addition to spinning the wheel two other times for other fun things that we'll get into. So, Mark, let's kick off the beginning of your launch event tonight for Chasing Favors. Okay. You, I know you've prepared three different passages for us tonight. I did. So, so why don't you take the microphone, set it up, and read aloud. All right. Very good. Thank you, Diana. I'll start with the first scene. Um, this is very early in the book. The storyline is Jamie receives an email from a fellow named Randy. Now, two years ago, which is the Stealing Haven novella, she was on a summer vacation with her best friend, Linda, and they went to South Haven. And they get involved in a little mystery, and Jamie gets involved in a little vacation romance fling with this guy, Randy. And now, two years later, she gets an email from him indicating that he's coming to town on business and would love to see her. And oh, by the way, there's this little story going on. And he knows how curious Jamie can be. So she agrees to go meet him for coffee. But he's taking Linda along with her. That's her best friend who is also with her. Here we go. Randy was animated and comfortable, but his eyes kept darting back and forth between us. There was definitely something odd going on. So is there a story or was that just fluff to get my attention? Yes, there really is a story. At least I think there is. His bluster was gone. Now he looked worried sick. Or it may just be my imagination playing tricks. Randy pulled a phone from his jacket and opened an app where the pictures were stored. He flicked through a couple, then extended the phone to me. Linda leaned closer. On the screen was an adorable brown-eyed little girl caught mid laughter. Her dark hair was a jumble of curls. That's Gracie, Randy said fondly. He's five. 
She's a cutie, Linda said. I nodded in agreement. Randy made a swiping motion with his finger. I advanced the screen. Here was another shot of Gracie with her arms around a pretty woman's neck. Her hair was the same shade and massive curls as the little girl. There was no hiding their identical smiles. That's Liz. We're getting married. I almost dropped the phone. Linda snagged it, studied the screen for a moment and passed it back to Randy. He closed the app and set the phone on the table. When's the big event, Linda asked. Next month, we're having a little ceremony the weekend before Thanksgiving. It's been in the planning stages forever. Hard to believe sometimes, but I'm excited about it. Congratulations, I'm happy for you. He beamed with pride. Thanks, I'm a lucky guy. Liz and I didn't go on a date without Gracie for three months. It just seemed natural to be together. You're telling us this is part of your story, I asked. Yeah, this is background. We've been so busy, what with my job and hers, we sort of overlooked a few things. Randy's face took on a sheepish And a few people, like my mom, she lives back on this side of the state, over in West Bloomfield. You forgot your mom, I asked, a note of disbelief slipping in. What kind of a son are you? I didn't forget her. I just couldn't visit her as often as in the past. Linda made a disapproving clucking sound with her tongue against her teeth. You're a sorry excuse for a son, ignoring your own dear mother after all she went through, giving birth to you and everything. I wasn't ignoring her. Jeez, I forgot what it was like with the two of you. You can pummel a guy like a tag team in a wrestling match. Linda reached over and patted his arm. Relax, we're just teasing you. Go on with your story. Mom has been on her own for a long time now. Dad died of a heart attack. Sitting there watching the news, he never said a word, just slumped over in his chair. After that, it was just the two of us. I finished my master's degree, then started working in the metro area. If I remember correctly, it wasn't that long ago when you moved to South Haven, he said. He nodded. It will be three years in February. But you think she's avoiding you? That's your story? There's more to it, Randy said. Just give me a chance. Patience has never been one of Jamie's strengths, Linda said with a smirk. Ignoring her, I folded my arms across my chest and leaned back. I can be patient. Sometimes. Randy caught the look on her face, took a breath, and continued. I surprised her two weeks ago on Saturday. Didn't call. Got in the car at five in the morning and started driving. Got to the house a little before eight, rang the bell and banged on the door. The plan was to just show up, take her out to breakfast and catch up. She won't use one of those phone video conference sites. So I hadn't really seen her in over three months, but nothing prepared me for what happened when the door opened. It was a guy. He was wearing pajamas and a robe. Mom showed up right behind him. 
when I came in, he scurried down the hall and went into her bedroom. Her bedroom. Holy shit, Linda gasped. Exactly. The fact that she hadn't told me about him made me wonder what was going on, he said quietly. It's been 18 years. She was 40 when dad passed away. I didn't expect her to wrap herself in a shawl of widowhood and never get involved with another guy. She could have told me. I would have understood. Do you want to tell us more? I asked softly. Randy nodded. His name is Nicholas Bellamy, probably late 40s, maybe early 50s, yet he was able to sort of retire early. He and mom met at a fundraiser. They were at the same table, had a nice conversation over dinner, then started dancing together. Bellamy is suave. He doesn't overdo it. There's just enough charm to have an influence on that. How did the rest of your morning go, I asked. Randy started to laugh. It felt like I was the parent and caught them making out on the family room sofa. They got dressed and we went out to breakfast at one of our old favorite haunts. Mom kept blushing. Bellamy just seemed to roll with it. He explained that the rest of the visit was cordial. His mother kept telling him how happy she was. Bellamy doted on her. Randy kept thinking it was merely his imagination. Maybe Bellamy was trying too hard to impress him or to show his mother was being well cared for. The guy just seemed a little off. You think I'm overreacting? Nobody wants to see their parents get hurt especially when she's been on her own for such a long time, Linda said. So what is it you're hoping for here, I asked. Why do I get the feeling you were thinking this little family drama would trigger my interest? Randy covered his mouth with his left hand. His eyes widened and he had difficulty looking at me. Busted. You cute little shit, Linda said with a laugh. You figured this would get her spider senses going and she'd want to get to the bottom of this. Randy knew curiosity runs thickly through my veins. Digging for information, whether through research or interviews, is part of what made me so good at my job as an investigative reporter. Finding different sources, asking the right questions, observing the reactions of people interacting were all a part of it but I wasn't going to let him off the hook. Randy cleared his throat. It's my mom. Beyond Liz and Gracie, she's the most important person in my life. I just don't want to have her get her heart broken or get swindled by some guy. I want her to be happy. What if she's in love with Bellamy? He swallowed hard, but didn't answer. What if he feels the same way about her? Linda asked quietly. Still no response. I'm not a cop or a private detective. What exactly do you expect me to do? I don't know. Randy's face showed his exasperation. It was a stupid idea. Just talking about this with the two of you has convinced me. 
I'm an idiot. I reached across and grabbed his hand. No, you're not. You're a son who is concerned about his mother. There's nothing idiotic about that. Stop beating yourself up. What if I'm making something out of nothing, he mumbled. And taking a closer look at this guy will give you peace of mind, Linda said. And that's better than worrying about it. I don't even know where to start, Randy. I squeezed his hand. Just leave that to me. Yay! And so ends the first teaser for Chasing Favors. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mark. Um, there it is. <laughs> um, where I'm always curious about how authors write series. Um, I've not, I haven't been brave enough to do it yet. So I'm wondering, how do you process through the progression of a book one to the next? I mean, I know you wrote a novella that is kind of a prequel after you wrote several books first. So how do you, how do you follow that choo-choo train of imagination and still make sure you don't run off the rails? When I first started, I really didn't expect to create a series, but the reactions I got from Devious, the first book, were very positive. And a lot of people kept saying, well, you can't just leave her here. I really like this Jamie character and she's stubborn and intelligent and loyal and all of these other things. You can't just say goodbye to her. And I'm like, okay, I'll see if I can do a second book. And I just, at that point, started to just focus on one at a time. And I know one of the things that you are always stunned when I admit this, but I work with an outline. I start with my main characters and an idea for a story. And then I think you refer to it as just running along and writing the incident. Yes. Yeah, it's I, all about writing up incident reports that, you know, we don't, even me as a passionate plotter, I don't have a lot to do with the individual details of a story. I just let Drake quack and I write things down. So the same thing comes to you then? It does. And, and with this, this is the fifth book really in the series. He, the novella is a real book. And it's I've seen such progression and such development with this character that I want to keep going. And, and each book, she gets a little bit sharper, a little bit better, a little more loyal, a little bit more engaged with her friends in the situation. And I just really see that this could be so much fun to keep going. And every time I think, okay, that's it, I'm done, fine, this is the end of the book. Maybe it's the end of the series. And then I get feedback from my dear friend, Melissa at Inkspell Publishing that's like, I love this, what's next? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm thinking of it. And, and I do have a number of other ideas for her as well as for the other series that I work. So just um, finding time to, uh, and I have to give a, a balance because this is five for Jamie so where it goes well and you know if you don't give them a balance then Shane's going to start making your life difficult and 
we don't want that. <laughs> in a whole different approach. I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about Jamie. Um, we know from all of your book covers, she's a fierce redhead that will not stop talking to you. Where did you get the initial character map for her? Um, I had the idea for a character along these lines, but I didn't really have her completely fleshed out until I had an interaction with a young lady who was a very attractive redhead that um, we happened to be standing in line at a car dealership, picking up our cars from having some service work done. And she had come from work and she was dressed in a nice business suit and heels and skirt and the whole thing. And I had come on my motorcycle time. So I had boots, jeans, a leather jacket, my hand, you know. And while we're waiting to go through the cashier line and then for the porter to bring up our cars, we were joking back and forth. And I have no idea where this line happened, but it smacked me in the head just as she was about to step towards her car. And she caught me glancing down at her legs, which were quite shapely. And I said, I would pay to shave those legs. And... I, there sometimes there's no filter between the brain and the mouth. It just pops right out. And she, I thought, I'm going to get smacked. I'm going to get kicked. I don't, she turned Arrested. around. I got a smile this big from this beautiful redheaded lady. And she said, how much? And then she jumped in her car and took off. And I thought, oh, my gosh. If I could capture that attitude, that demeanor for my character, what fun we could have. And it's, it, you've had a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we have. And and this Jamie character, I, I actually, I had a friend who read one of the early drafts of the book who was a redhead, not the same young lady at all. Uh, and she told me that I was basing my character on her. And I said, no, why would you say that? And she said, well, because Jamie's a redhead and so am I. And I said, okay. And, and Jamie's stubborn and so am I. And I said, have you ever met a redhead who isn't stubborn? <laughs> and she said, that's beside the point. I said, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> so it's just, it was such a great connection with that young lady and with the, um, the idea that I had for, Jamie is very intelligent. She's extremely loyal, very resourceful. And um, she has this small circle of friends that she would go to the ends of the earth for. And I just thought you'd make such a wonderful character. Who knew that five stories later, we're still going? Yeah, absolutely. Who knew? And and that is the way, for those of you who are not writers, that's the way we find most of our stuff, is it just hits us in the most um, unexpected places and then takes off. So um, I, I'm interested in hearing some more of the book. Will you read for us again, pretty please? I certainly would. I have a second scene ready for you. Okay, now, the in, microphone is yours. All right. In in this scene, uh, Jamie has begun her research to try and learn more about Nicholas Bellamy, uh, the fellow that is dating Randy's mom. And he's struggling a little bit here. Randy didn't know the name of the business Bellamy claimed to have sold. He didn't even know what industry it was. 
there were too many possibilities. Bellamy could have been in real estate, could have owned a restaurant, sold life insurance, been a stockbroker, an airline pilot, or a record producer. Maybe he was the Wizard of Oz. I tried variations on the spelling of his last name. Nothing. Put the last name in the first name. Nothing. I checked every social media site that came to mind. Not a single freaking one had anything to show for it that matched the guy in the pictures with Randy's mother. So who the hell Bellamy? Perhaps Randy was smart to be nervous about this guy. The more I dug, the more frustrated I became. It was possible that Bellamy was a guy who just valued his privacy. The alarm on my phone chimed. It was time to get ready for my dinner date with Randy. I was tempted to go in my current attire of jeans and a hoodie, but didn't want to make the situation any more uncomfortable than it was going to be. After all, I was the surprise. Randy was waiting in the parking lot. I stepped up and gave him a quick hug. Thanks for doing this, Jamie. I linked my arm through his. You're buying me dinner. I should warn you, the menu on the website looks very appealing. It's the least I can do for your help. So how do we handle the introductions? Are you using cover name? Let's keep it simple. Just introduce me with my first name. You can say we met in South Haven while I was on vacation a couple of years ago, and we bumped into each other yesterday at the coffee shop. That's all true, Randy said. He seemed relieved that it wasn't a complicated Be attentive, but not too attentive. We don't want your mother to think there's anything more between us than simply old friends getting together. Inside the restaurant, there was a coat booth. I was wearing a lined trench coat with a silk scarf at the throat. Randy checked his coat, then turned to help me with mine. My back was to him as I slipped it off my shoulders. Holy crap! I glanced back and gave him a flirty look. Something wrong? Not a thing. Wow! I, I never pictured you all dressed up before. That is a beautiful dress for a beautiful lady. Just to mess with his mind, I picked out a body-hugging dark red. It almost reached the middle of my thigh, almost. With black nylons and heels, I felt like a true adult. I'd added a pair of dangling silver earrings and a simple silver necklace. A faint spritz of perfume behind the ears and the back of my wrist was the finishing touch. Linda would have been pleased that I'd worn makeup again, two nights in a row. What was the world coming to? It seemed like a good idea to fit in with the patrons. Besides, I want to see what kind of reaction Bellamy gives me. Randy took my hand. Showed him. Seeing the two of us approach, Bellamy's eyes flicked up and down my body as if I were a treat on a dessert menu. Randy, this is such a great surprise. Bellamy pumped Randy's hand in a friendly manner. 
and you didn't tell us you were bringing a date. Another part of the surprise, Randy said smoothly. This is Jamie. She's a good friend I bumped into last night. Jamie, this is Nicholas Bellamy. And this lovely lady is Allison Brooks, my mom. I shook hands with them. Allison was even prettier in person. There was a warmth in her eyes that couldn't be faked. She winked at me, then turned to her son. Suddenly, beautiful women find you attractive, she said playfully. There must be something in the water in South Haven that causes this. Maybe you should have it analyzed. It's more likely the women feel sorry for him, returning her. Do you know Liz and Gracie? I haven't had the pleasure yet, but Randy showed me their pictures. Allison raised her right hand and extended the pinky thing. Right there. That's where Gracie has him wrapped up. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets Tony for Christmas. Randy tells me you're an entrepreneur, Mr. Bellamy. Nick, please, Jamie, call me Nick. We're all friends. Thank you, Nick. What kind of business do you have? I did my best to smile sweetly and keep my expression devoid of any skepticism. Something in his eyes flickered. He was being polite, but less than forthright. I needed more. I prefer ones that are a few years old and need an influx of capital to take it to the next level. I'm looking at a specialty bakery. Now that marijuana has been legalized in Michigan, they're considering opening a second shop that would provide cannabis-infused baked goods. Time to play the innocent redhead card. However, do you decide which business is a wise investment? A well-written business plan makes a difference. If they don't have one, it's not worth consideration. And of course, they should be able to make a good pitch. Bellamy confided. Although sometimes I just listen to my gut. Instincts can help. The arrival of our meals interrupted the conversation. Everyone got busy eating, but in the back of my mind, glimmer of an idea began to take. When Malone came home, I was still in my dinner ensemble. Guitarist Jesse Cook was playing on the stereo, filling the room with his music. There was one light on low in the corner. I stood to greet him. That's some dress, Malone said. He pulled me close for a kiss that lasted an hour or two. At least that's what it felt like. Glad you approve, I guess. Malone's left hand was holding my right. His right hand went to my waist and he started swaying, moving me in time to the music. A beautiful woman wearing such a glamorous outfit, quite a surprise to come home to. It's what I wore for dinner. Just thought you'd like to see it. Like isn't a strong enough word, Jamie. He moved me about the living room. It's a good thing my heels were still in place or he'd be towering over me. Malone drew me closer and brushed his lips against mine. Shivers ran through me. Perfume too? 
Jamie, you're driving me crazy. That's a mutual feeling. I was anxious for him to throw me on the sofa or drag me to the bedroom, but Malone was enjoying the moment. Truth be told, so was I. Your legs look incredible in those stockings, he whispered in her ear. The song ended. We were in front of the window, backlit by the street lights, the harvest moon, and the little table lamp. It was impossible for me to take a deep breath. Malone is the only man who has ever had that impact. I decided to take Linda's advice. The next song started. He drew me closer somehow. And what advice would your best friend have? Thigh-high stockings work well for displaying a shape of leg. His eyes sparkled much stronger now. So that's what you're currently wearing? Yes. They're really very comfortable. And they make me feel sexy. The kiss that followed stole the last of my breath away. Jamie, if you get any sexier, I'm liable to have a heart attack. Malone turned me and shifted. The next thing I knew, my feet were off the floor. Instinctively, both of my arms went around his neck. His right arm was around my back, with the left holding me behind the knees. Thigh high stockings, he whispered. Oh, yeah. Want to see him? I think a slow motion fashion show is in order. In this outfit, slow is my only speed. Thank you very much. One of the things that I love about these characters is that the love scenes or the um, sensual scenes all feel very film noir to me. Oh. Is, does that, am I the only one? <laughs> Has anybody else um, commented on, on the, the ambiance that you create? And do you do that on purpose? Um, yes. Or again, is it just Jamie talking? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, it's, it's Jamie talking through me. I just type the stuff up, she tells me. But um, I've had some really nice comments about that. And um, one dear friend just read an advanced copy of the book and she said she, how much you like the characters and everything else. And the last thing she wrote when she's talking about Malone is swoon. Just, <laughs> just right there. She just, you walk in the door, it's over, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have no idea what he actually looks like, but um, in our heads, he's all exactly the fantasy we want. In the book, I think I've described him a couple of times as being just about six foot tall and um, kind of, you know, muscular. He's, he's not a he's not a Jack Reacher kind of guy. He's a little mm -hmm. bit wiry, but uh, he's been referred to as a cowboy a couple of times by Jamie. He yeah. Looks, yeah. I'm not uh, sure if she's talking about Yellowstone or Gunsmoke. 1883, whatever. Uh, Mackenzie says, every author is their main character stenographer. I think that's a great way to put it. Like that. <laughs> um, Mackenzie, we might have to steal that from you because that's a really apt description. 
Does anyone else um, at this time, if you have questions for Mark, um, if you have comments for Mark, turn on your microphones. This is a great time for you to have um, direct access to an amazing author. So thank you, Mackenzie. We will steal it. So if anybody else has any questions, please turn on your microphones and talk out loud. Anybody has any questions, comments? Golden opportunity, guys. I'm not going anywhere. So <laughs> we still have to spin wheels and things. Um, speaking I, of spinning wheels, go ahead. I was going to say I will make one comment. That scene that I mentioned about the young lady at the car dealership and that, um, I actually adjusted that scene and used that in the second Shane novel, which is called Your Turn to Die. And that's part of an interaction with Shane and the young lady that he's dating. Her name is Simone. That's the reaction after a, a short notice call to meet him for dinner. It leads to that. But I use that in that scene and it, it worked out. Well, I think we all use parts of real life. Um, the <laughs> one of my favorites from your readings on the podcast <laughs> was the drowning of a nun, or the I should say near drowning. Attempted. <laughs> the attempted drowning of a nun. Yes, uh, that's also in that that same book. Um, yeah, your turn to die. So, if, if any of you would like to read about the near drowning of a nun, um, check over on the other episodes and, and find Mark's reading for that one. It was, it was tremendous fun. I giggled quite a bit through I, that one. Part, part of my challenge whenever I come on to Indie Reads Aloud with Diana is I want to have two or three good scenes that help to tell the story and draw the people in. But I'm always trying to see if I can get her where I either get the bug-eyed look or she's laughing so hard she's about to fall off the chair uh, <laughs> and that's happened a couple of times <laughs> because during those podcasts and if you're watching on on youtube you can see me um but when i'm speaking the camera's only on me but right. i can see diana's reactions as i'm reading it so i keep looking up from the script and i'll look over and go oh better oh yeah <laughs> oh we, we always have a lot of fun in those Let's sessions. see how we can affect Diana and her composure. <laughs> um, does anybody have any questions for Mark? Questions, comments, interests? Anybody? Mackenzie says, making someone laugh is the greatest feeling. If you're writing, making them cry is even better. Ooh. That's good. Okay. Yes. Um, I'd like to try and work all the emotions during the course of the stories that I'm working on. Uh, you know, you want the anger, you want the excitement, you want the frustration, you want the, the happiness, you want the sadness. All of that's going to come into play in different parts. Um, the trick for me is to try and find balance. And one of the things, and if I can Apple for a minute, Diana. I was going to say of one of the things about this series with Jamie is that uh, I mentioned earlier she has a small circle of very close friends. And each one of these books, I try and expand a little bit more about her relationships with the people that she's close to. And it continues. I mean, 
each story I introduce a couple more characters and draw them into the the Jamie family and, and try and show how they all connect and how they work with this. So. I think you're doing a spectacular job of that. Mark, did you have a comment? You can turn your microphone on if you like. Oh, I was just saying it kind of sounded like a soap opera. I was really getting into it. I really love the story. So it was, uh, didn't know what was going to happen next. It kind of held my attention. Oh, good. I like to hear that. So thank you. Thank you. It is super fun. Anybody else have questions or comments for Mark? While you folks are thinking, we're going to spin our first wheel of the night. Why? Because I'm in charge and I get to do these things. Okay. So the first wheel that we're going to spin tonight um, is for an ebook copy. Mark, I'm going to augment our previous decision. Okay. So tonight, um, the first ebook is the first spinny wheel of happiness is going to be an ebook copy of Stealing Haven. And why are we starting with Stealing Haven? Even though it's not the chronologically first book published, it is the prequel to this series of characters. So it might be, there it is, Stealing Haven. So it might be a really fun way to jump into the series, learn a little bit about Jamie's backstory, and have some fun with it. So we are going to spin the wheel. Let me see if I can share my screen. Let me know, Mark, if you can see that, because, you know, technology, we never know if it's going to work or not. Yes, I can see it, Diane. Okay, awesome. So we're going to spin the wheel, and we're going to give away an ebook copy of Stealing Haven. Here we go. Congratulations! You've won an ebook copy of Stealing Haven. Um, Mark, will you please tell us your ebook, I mean your email address, so that people who win tonight or sure. people who are listening and would like to reach out and contact you, how can they do that? Best way to reach me is at MotownMysteries at gmail.com. Motownmysteries at gmail.com. So if you win stuff tonight, that's how to reach out to Mark. Tell him that you've won, and he will make sure to get your prizes to you. Um, just a note, I understand that this um, is going to be recorded, and, and everybody who is not in the room tonight will be listening. Um, so... Everybody who wins tonight, make sure you contact Mark within the next 24 hours of this evening um, for to claim your prizes. Um, that might makes Mark's life easier, and and we don't have he doesn't have to worry about something happening three months from now that he completely forgot about doing. So, within 24 hours of this evening, please uh, send your note to Mark and let him know you won. Um, Anybody have any questions for Mark before I ask him mine? Anybody? You guys are such a quiet room tonight. We've got them stunned. They're all in awe. They are. They can't even 
wow, this doesn't happen very often, folks. Um, okay, so Mark, the next question I was going to ask you is, on your blog, which I believe shows up on the 19th of every month, mm-hmm. you often give us music from a playlist. So does each series have its own playlist? Do you have a go-to list of music that you write whenever you're writing, that you listen to whenever you're writing? Or um, do you just randomly turn on Pandora and wait to see what happens? I randomly will flip to Spotify or Pandora or sometimes even YouTube. And I cannot work in silence. It drives me crazy. I'm always looking over my shoulder, wondering who's coming up. So always have music playing. And that just works for me so well. So with the rotation on the various streaming services, I may hear something that I haven't heard in a very long time. And it'll just trigger a memory. I'll go, wow. And then I want to hear some other songs by that particular artist. And so sometimes the musical artist ties in with the interview that I have, because I'll invite other authors to come on the, the blog and answer some questions. Uh, the one that I actually just did for this month, I picked the character uh, Leo Agonasti, who appears in two of the Shane books and is actually the protagonist for the crime novel that I'm currently working on. So I did a little interview with Leo Agonasti and then I thought, well, I gotta have the chairman of the board. So I picked five Sinatra songs and those were favorites of mine. And I do listen to that kind of music as well. I have variety. Uh, Can't do rap or country, but Mm -hmm. just about everything else is wide open. Yeah, as I've been reading your blog, I notice you do have a very eclectic mix of music styles. And that's always fun. I always wonder what's going to come up on the next blog post. What what different piece of music do I get to go and, and listen to again? For well, I, I think when you were on a couple months ago, I, I don't know if it was just um, dumb luck or timing, but at the same time that I was preparing it, I kept getting these songs from Big Bad Voodoo Dan. Uh-huh. And I thought, <laughs> this is such a great swing band. I like that. And yeah. I saw... And then as I put it together and I posted it, I thought, wait a minute, I think you like that too. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're one just, of my favorites. It was just appropriate and it worked out really well. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, um Big Bad Voodoo Daddy Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was a um it's a great swing group and my son introduced me to them. Uh he said, Mom, you're gonna love this old timey music. Listen to it. And you know, he he played in an orchestra, so he loves all that too so great music it's always entertaining yeah absolutely um so Mackenzie wants to know what was your main inspiration for the series for the Jamie series Mm -hmm. um really I wanted I had worked as a freelance reporter many years ago in the Detroit area and I worked for the Oakland Press and the Observer and Eccentric at the times and one of the things that I really thought would be good is if I create a character that had been or was a, an investigative reporter that would really dig deeper into stories. Being a stringer, I was limited in just the assignments that they gave me, but if 
somebody was a full-time reporter, they'd be able to dig deeper. And this character just, it sort of bubbled up out of a couple of ideas here and a couple, and then of course the, the scene at the you know, car dealership and help to finalize things. Um, so I really just wanted somebody that was very independent, very, very intelligent, stubborn, and maybe somebody that likes to see things all the way through to the end. Um, and so she wasn't happy when something gets presented in there and the cops say, well, we'll take care of it. You know, we'll take care of it, little lady. We don't want you to get right, in right. trouble, you know? Yeah. And she's just like, oh yeah, come on. You know, <laughs> he's gonna figure it out, you know? And if she beats him, fine, if not, okay. Mackenzie says, I always thought investigative reporters were cool. Um, it's been one of my dream jobs since I was 10. So on that same note, some people who you and I have both been in journalism, but some people may not know the terminology. Can you just for fun explain what a stringer is? A, a stringer is journalistic lingo for a, a freelancer, like a part-time reporter. They would give me assignments and it would be, I would go to, I had Birmingham City Council meeting for about four years running. Oh, that's which was, that was really intense and um i would go in there and it was you know politics and things that were going on right and, right. and uh one of the times that i was there they were having near the end of the meeting now this was on a monday evening and it was getting close to 11 o'clock and they were doing a call to the public and so anybody could step up and make their case bring things to the attention of the city council they had like six people that were all going to make separate presentations about the exact same issue. And as soon as one finished, this next one would get up and, no, I want to talk about the same thing. And they were beating it. And you could see everybody on the council is about to fall asleep. And I'm like, <laughs> got to be at work at six in the morning on my other job. This was part time. This is my, you know, second job. So I mentioned it in passing to my editor. And I was told, ooh, write an editorial about that. So I did. And it was just as a stringer, I thought this is never gonna get published. I doubt it's gonna happen. But I wrote an editorial saying, you know, you need to do like with the Supreme Court, you got two minutes, bang goes the gavel, whether you're in the middle of a breath or not, you're done, move on. Yeah, right. And, and I wrote it, they published it. And I thought, okay, fine. The next meeting I went to for Birmingham City Council, the mayor calls the meeting to order and says, but before we begin, we're going to reinstitute the time limits on the call to the public. <laughs> and you cannot repeat what somebody else just said. And she read out, and it was basically right out of my article. And then she gets done, and I'm in the front row over by the like, press side, and she looks over me and she goes, <laughs> wow, I you know, never would have expected it. The power of the written word. Yes, it was. <laughs> Uh, writing as a reporter, I think that gave me a lot of great practice. Uh, interviewing skills were great. Uh, sure. Very helpful for when, you know, you're writing. And of course, you'd start writing a thing up and they say, well, you only got X number of words. I'm like, oh, okay, what can I cut? You know, and then editing. 
So it was a very Oh yeah, I I agree. Journalism is wonderful stomping ground if you ever want to write a novel. It, yes. You really do learn all the facets on how to write a novel. You, you okay, I am super excited to hear the third passage that you have for us. So mm -hmm. if you would pretty please read out loud again. Okay, here this we go. This is me just sitting here being six, listening to you this, read out loud. <laughs> you, this is what you live for, I swear. I do, I do. All right, in this scene, now Jamie has continued in her research and she's getting a little sidetracked because somebody made this comment to me that when you're talking about favors, they're kind of like kisses. And one kiss leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. Same idea with favor. She's doing a favor for Randy, then it leads to a favor for somebody else and a favor for somebody else. Well, along the way, she stumbles upon something that she observes that strikes her as very odd and could possibly be a little illegal. But she's reluctant to bring this to Malone's attention. However, she has met a couple of people recently who have more of an extensive experience with criminal activity that would be maybe a little uncommon. So she reaches out to them and she ends up getting a referral. A double tap knock sounded on the heavy hallway door. Who is it? The European voice that responded surprised me. I am seeking Miss Jamie Richmond. A mutual friend suggested we meet. Unlocking the door, I pulled it partway open, locking it with my hip. Standing there was the guy from the picture, tall black man wearing the same duds. He must have sent her a selfie just before she called me. What's your name? His eyes flicked back and forth mischievously. Yakov. Yakov, what? Perhaps I am like Madonna and only use one name. The corners of his mouth curled up slightly. Our friend sent me a picture of you as well, Miss Richmond. You were wearing something formal, an evening gown in a shade of green, perhaps. However, it is quite easy to recognize your lovely features and your red dresses. This Yakov guy could give Harry a run for his money in the swab. Come on in. I swung the door open right. There were so many questions bouncing through my head. Maybe it was best to start with an easy one. Isn't Yakov a Russian name? He nodded. Yes, it is. Oh, what? You have never heard of a black Russian? Well, I just always pictured people from Russia in a certain way. And I stopped talking, realizing he was laughing at me. Yakov held up a hand. In Russian, Yakov means supplanter. Are you familiar with this word, Miss Richard? Call me Jamie. Seems to me it means someone who takes from another or something like that. That is close enough. I must admit that the meaning fits well with my former occupation, which is how I first was brought to the attention of our 
So you're a thief. How long have you known Harry? A puzzled expression crossed his face. Who is Harry? Our mutual friend. I thought that's who you were referring to. Ah, the old man. He too has many names. I know him as Jedrick, although he is no more Polish than I am. Yakov explained that for many years, he had been involved with other men who were thieves. They were successful as a team. Two years ago, he'd crossed paths with Harrison Mundy. Harry spotted several members of the gang from witness sketches, surveillance videos obtained through Interpol. While the crew had started out cautiously, they had become sloppy in their most recent jobs. Harry tipped off the authorities and brought you out, I said. Jedrick, or Harry as you call him, worked very closely with Interpol. He even arranged for me to be shot, so it appeared that I was dead to the other members of the crew. I had no known family. There is only one person whose safety is tapamount. So how did you get here? In Michigan, or even in the States? Yakov gave me a slow wink. Jedrick made the arrangements. I was given a new identity. I am a consultant on crimes for several government agencies. I like the Midwest state. There is a significant population of Russian emigres in metropolitan Detroit, as well as Chicago, Minneapolis, and of course, New York City. That's quite a story. It is ancient history. Yakov waved it away with a farewell gesture. Jedrick only told me a portion of your predicament. He simply asked me to visit you and offer advice, if that is possible. I explained my concerns and suspicions. Yakov listened without interruption. He simply folded his arms and propped them on the table. Even when I finished, he didn't comment for a beat or two. Harry referred to this as a long con. Is that something you have any previous experience with? Not personally, but I have heard tales of such activity. The issue here is that the risk rarely matches the reward. What do you mean? Most confidence maneuvers or scams focus on a single target. The idea is to take what you can from them, or persuade them somehow to trust you with their possessions while you quietly disappear. Perhaps you replace their valuable diamond necklace with a fake. No experienced grifter would remain in the city after such actions and delay their departure. Grifter? A scoundrel. Another name for a confidence man or woman. A swindler or schemer, moving from one maneuver or game to the next. So if you were going to do this, how would you get your hands on the money? I can only speculate, but there are a few options that immediately come to mind. 
Are you familiar with the devices you can attach to your cellular phone that can read credit cards? Of course, I've seen those frequently at festivals. It's easier for the vendors since many people don't carry cash, particularly at those kind of events. Precisely, Yakov said, this can easily be established. You connect the phone to a new bank account, one with a name very similar to that of an existing business. Many small businesses would utilize this method. A nonprofit organization could do the same at a fundraising event. So if a grifter had a second phone, they could be swiping credit card purchases, funneling the money into a bogus account. Yakov cocked an eyebrow. That is a bold move. I would have eliminated the video security system or possibly disabled it. In some cases, you can fool the system into believing it remains functioning, yet the recording is a simple duplication. He hesitated. Perhaps being short-sighted would be a better answer. Perhaps these are arrogant people, assuming no one would be the wife, or that the person at the event was disposable. Disposable? I blanched at the image of all this being thrown away like yesterday's garbage. My apologies. That was a poor choice of words. What I meant was they could be expendable. If in fact they were caught, it would not be detrimental to their operation. The ones who orchestrated such a plan would not hesitate to leave this person behind. I thought about all this. The young woman may have no idea what she was doing or the negative impact her actions could have on the different nonprofit organizations. Is there anything else I can tell you about this operation, this long con? I shook my head. Nothing comes to mind, but I may be calling you. It would be a pleasure. He gently shook my hand and headed for the door. And Thank you. Yay! And the tension mounts. One of the really great things that you do with your stories, Mark, you interject a really nice balance of tension and humor and sensuality. And I, I think that's why I love your stories so much is because I never have time to get bored. Well, that's something <laughs> new. I like that. Something new is always happening and it's shifting my emotional connection to your stories. So I, I really love your writing style for that. Well, well, thank you. And I do have to apologize for the goofy accent that I gave Yakov as I was trying to read that. Just <laughs> wanted something different, you know. The no, and, no apology necessary. And, and I'm, I'm curious. Did anybody pick up on the joke about the Black Russian? There's a cocktail that's a Black Russian. Couple of people are nodding. Okay, Let's just yeah. making sure. So yeah, yeah. I, I just, I thought it worked out pretty well for, for a laugh in the book. Absolutely. Mackenzie says, that was awesome. I love Russian names. Very cool, Mackenzie. 
Does anybody else have questions or comments for Mark? This is the time that you can turn on your microphone. We're coming to the close of our night. And if you would like direct contact with Mark, tonight's the night to do it. Anybody have any questions or comments? Donna Blair says she has only heard of a white Russian cocktail. White Russian is basically a black Russian, but they also add cream. I want to say a black Russian is vodka and Kahlua. Okay. It's been I a don't... long time since I attended bars. So. Yeah, <laughs> I've never attended bars. So there you go. Anybody else have any questions or comments for Mark? Anybody? Okay, Mark, I've been meaning to ask you this for quite a while, and I think tonight is a really good night to do it. Okay. You're launching this brand new book. Chasing Favors. It's yes. the fifth in the series, correct? That's right. Okay. Out of all of your subplot characters, not Jamie, not Malone, mm -hmm. not the villain du jour, but out of your subplot characters, which one do you find the most difficult to write which one is so challenging Ooh. for you you know that it has to be in the story you know that character needs to have a role but it was a tough write. which character did that for you and why vera who is jamie's mother she doesn't make an actual appearance until the third book of the series she's referred to a number of times um Vera, I guess the best way I could describe her is um, a gypsy. After Jamie's father died when she's just seven, Vera marries several people, including one of her ex-husbands is a fellow named Bert, who is a captain with the Michigan State Police. I like Bert. And Bert is also Malone's boss, which adds to a little complication there. Yeah. Uh, so Bert is a great character. I really like him. I think he just fits so well with her. But the Vera character, I had so much difficulty getting her to where I felt comfortable with how she ended what, up. What was the, the challenge that you kept coming up against? Why um, did it make it difficult for you? He just didn't seem to want to be a part of Jamie's life. She was, a, you know, once she got past the stages of marriages and divorce and everything else, she decided she was just going to be a debt-setting freeloader, and she travels wherever the wind takes her. She's got a lot of friends that are very influential and very wealthy, and so they would grab her and say, we're going to sail the Caribbean. Would you like to join us? And, of course, she's a tag-along. She goes, she doesn't have, I mean, she has health, but she uses their money. And Vera even has a line, food always tastes better when somebody else is buying. You know, and there were some difficult passages with her. Now in this book, in Chasing Favors, shameless plug here, um, in Chasing Favors, she has really made some progress in her relationship with Jamie. And they are in contact more frequently. There's even a passage where, as they're ending a phone call, 
Vera says, I love you, Jamie, which is, before was always just understood. It was never spoken. So the Vera character was one that it took a lot of effort with her and a lot of revisions. I couldn't, for a while, I just couldn't get a really good feel of it. And now I'm pleased to say that it came together well. So That's really cool. Um, you are so gifted in your writing. It makes me connect to you even deeper into your stories to hear that you struggle just like we do with some of the characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, w one of the other um, side characters, the cast of characters in there, is there's a kid named Ian who is okay. sort of like Malone's unofficial kid brother. Okay. And he hangs out a lot with Jamie and Malone. And he started dating a girl who lives down the block from Jamie. Um, and there's a little teenage romance going on there. And he is so much fun because both Jamie and Malone know how to get this kid and just, you know, they're messing with his mind. They're screwing with him left and right. And half the time he's completely oblivious to it. And then it's like, man, are you ever going to learn when we're just messing with you? We're <laughs> having you around, you know, it's good fun. And and Malone even says something to Jamie in this book about, you know, what, you know, why are you doing this to him? He just, he says, I never had a kid brother. Now I got one. I can mess with him. <laughs> Um, for those of us who have siblings, we definitely empathize with that. Oh, yes. um, okay, so earlier in the night, we asked everybody who attended to help us name Malone. Um, as Mark uh, mentioned at the beginning of, of tonight's event, um, Malone has a last name. Jamie's been trying to figure it out now for four books. And yep. she can't figure it out. She keeps offering suggestions, and Malone keeps saying no, but he also doesn't give any hints. Mm -hmm. So we're curious about the names that you guys might come up with. And today we got a really nice list of them. Um, here are the names that were suggested. David, Sam, Carl. Columbo, which I particularly enjoy, uh, Morgan, Reggie, Jonathan, Max, Malachi, which I also like, just because it's different, um, Elgin, Headley, and Ogden. These are all really fun names. So what Mark decided to do is because all you guys are helping him out and you're trying to give him inspiration um, to name Malone, he has agreed to thank you for participating in the silly naming game. And we're going to spin the spinny wheel of happiness for all of your suggestions. And the name that comes up on the spinning wheel will get my first love into this series Fleeing Beauty, Ooh. which I, I absolutely love this story. Spend ebook of Fleeing Beauty. Fleeing Beauty in ebook form. I love this story. Um, I love that there's a dog in this book. I love that there's 
um, some twisty, turny things that I did not expect. And the romance in this book is just so much fun. So if you guys have an option to read this book, I, I would say definitely put it on your TBR. And we're going to spin the wheel to see who wins an ebook copy. Mark, you can see the wheel, right? Yes, I can, Diana. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Sam Malone. That's a, is that a name that we know? Is that a? Is that the guy on Cheers? Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. I see, I was thinking because when my head reads your romance scenes, I go to film noir. So I was thinking, isn't Sam Malone also the guy from the, 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 Humphrey Bogart movie? Sam Spade? Oh, Sam Spade. See, I knew I, I was half there. You were you were on the right track. <laughs> so, so congratulations, Mark McCraw. You win an ebook copy. Again, um, Mark, love, what is your email address where Mark it can is send you? Mysteries. that's plural, at gmail.com. And for those of you who haven't found it yet, Mark, what is your website address? It is authormarklove.weebly.com. So again, on Mark's website, you can find links to all his books. You can find synopses to all his books and, um, and, and his blog and just music things. And it's just so much fun. So one last question before we spin the final spinning wheel of happiness, Mark. Mackenzie okay. wants to know, what is your preferred nationality choice when choosing names for characters? Oh, um, I like to mix them up. I really do. And bear with me just a second. I'm going to see if I can reach this without falling on my chair. Years and years and years ago, when I first started getting serious about writing, I got a Writer's Digest book. There you go. I have that source. same book. Do you? And yeah. I love it because it's got different nationalities, and then it's got, you can look up male and female names, and it'll tell you what the name means. Like, I just opened this up at random. Irish. Andreas, for a male, means strong. Right? Perfect. For those of us who don't like doing it the hard way, there's also a website called behindthename.com. That's another good one. And that's a great resource because not only does it give you first names, it also gives you surnames and the history behind them, the entomology behind them. So that's, I, I think that that's a really cool website. So yeah, um, I, I like to mix up the nationalities um and it drives me crazy when you see somebody that I'll use every name is very common smith and jones and johnson and brown and all this stuff. i'm like take a shot you know go walk through a cemetery and look at the tombs, yeah you know yeah, yeah. that's also a really good technique for writers to come up with names walk through a cemetery you'd be astounded at what you can discover Back in the old days with the death notices in the newspaper, I used to go through those yeah. and I would take a first name and then a last name from over here and put them together. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Or Stamopoulos or something like that. <laughs> okay, we are going to spin the final spinny wheel of happiness. Um, we are going to, in this spinny wheel, give away the grand prize, which is a paperback signed edition of Chasing Favors, the book that Mark is launching today. He will sign it and he will ship it out to you. Again, find Mark at, what's your email address? MotownMysteries at gmail.com. So if you win tonight's book, make sure you send Mark your mailing address so that he can sign it for you and put it in the mail. So we're gonna share my screen again for the spinning wheel of happiness. This is the final spinning wheel of happiness for the evening. Please put your tray tables in the upright and locked position. Pull your hands inside the car and we're gonna spin the wheel. Here we go. Mackenzie. Congratulations, Mackenzie Keatley. You are the grand prize winner of tonight's book. Yay, Mackenzie! Congratulations. That's the best Kermit I do. Uh, so, Mackenzie, make sure you send Mark an email with your mailing address, um, and he will ship off the book. Um, any parting words tonight, Mark, before you go? Well, I want to thank you, first off, for hosting me. It's always, always. so much fun when we get together. Always. And I thank everybody that came on and, and got to listen to some of these scenes. Uh, I am going to be in Sterling Heights at the Author Festival on Saturday, July 29th. I Diana will be there I, with you. <laughs> Diana and I are going to be there. Uh, our good buddy Don Levin is going to be there, I think. A host of others are going to be yeah, there. Yeah, there are going to be 70 authors at this oh. event. And it is also connected to the Sterling Heights Summer Festival. So there will be 70 authors. There's going to be an entire parking lot full of tents filled with arts and crafts things. And then there is also this amazing carnival that goes on for everybody to ride the rides and the Ferris wheel and the stuff and food trucks. And oh my gosh, it is a day of super fun. Um, it happens rain or shine. So send everybody, you know, bring your family. We're going to have a really now. good time. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. Um, and, and the and, following week is August 5th. I am going for those on the west side of the state. I'm going to be in Holland at the Art in the Park Festival, which will be on Saturday, August 5th in lovely Holland, Michigan. So spectacular. That's actually where you and I first met. I think so. Way Michigan, back when. Way yeah. back when. Way back then. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Thank you all for supporting Mark and his latest book, Chasing Favors. I'm so glad that we got to spend this time together, Mark. For any of you who have not discovered it yet, the podcast can be found at dkpwriter.com. Also, Indie Reads Aloud can be found on Spotify. It can be found on YouTube and whatever other streaming platforms you prefer. Just look for Indie Reads Aloud and you can hear 
excerpts from all of Mark's other books. I think we got all your books in except the anthology of short stories, right, Mark? I, I think we still have to do Fleeing Beauty and the anthology. Okay, we are That's definitely going to set dates for that coming up, so check it out. We have a lot of fun on these podcasts, and Mark's work is just so stupendous. Thank you, Mark, for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, Diana. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure entirely. Everybody, have a wonderful night. See you later. Thanks all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Indie Reads Aloud Radio. We hope you'll join us again next week for another story. If you're an indie author and you'd like to share your story with us, visit our website at dkpwriter.com to sign up and read aloud.